You are listening to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lynn Niehaus, episode 111. Hello, my beautiful friend. Today we're going to talk about flow. We're going to talk about how to harmonize your nervous system or notice when it's maybe out of balance by how you've created the movement and the flow throughout your home or maybe your children's rooms. We're going to we're going to pop in on that as well. And how to use a couple of simple design tricks that I use to create this, I don't want to say sense of flow or feeling of flow. It's, it's a, it's a physical action of moving your eyes from room to room to room to create a cohesiveness that feels inviting and inviting doesn't, uh, we tend to use inviting as terminology in our home is how others feel when they come into our home. And that's a great thing, but that isn't the main thing that we want to create in our spaces. We want to feel at home in all of our spaces. And the best way to do that is to support our nervous system with this important element of flow. One of the reasons I'm fascinated by the modalities of astrology and human design and you know Mayan timekeeping, the different personality metrics is because for much of my life, my younger life, I felt very out of place. I felt disconnected. I felt like I was doing things wrong. But what all of those modalities that I'm drawn to say about me as a person is that I am an observer and a feeler. So I feel what I see. And that served me very well when I was doing basic research, developmental biology research, genetics research, because I saw things and I could tell when things felt off. Serves me very well as a designer and an intuitive designer because I don't have to try a lot of things to figure out where we need to go because I can feel what my client is feeling and I can feel what the space is saying and I can marry those two things. And it's why I bring those modalities to you because you're going to have a different interaction, energetic interaction with your space and I want to help you or help you help your children or help you help your spouse, whatever, you know, wherever you you fall in creating more harmony in your home, I want you to be able to tap into your own unique signatures so that you can create that as well. And it's why I wanted to bring to you this month-long topic of color as a healing modality because there's so much to be, color is something that, that 
unites us. Now, I've gotten a little bit of pushback in some of my social media posts that uh, pushback is really the wrong word, but skepticism from uh, some people because color seems to be very personal or influential and it's it's hard for a lot of people to apply a concept of about color something that they have a personal feeling about to say that it you know affects everybody in a similar way but i believe that this western skepticism about color being you know personal choice and uh, trending and all these different things that we think about when we're trying to make decisions on redecorating our space or just sort of giving it a little, you know, figuring out why it doesn't feel exactly like we want it to feel. Or when our uh, child or other family member is so passionate about introducing a color into their own space that you can't see how it's going to work or, or you're afraid that it's going to be too overwhelming or too off from the rest of your your space. And when I launched my business, that was the direction that I went because I found when I could step in and, and mediate a conversation, I could f instantly discover how we could pull it all together, how we could create the sense of harmony when different opinions were sort of banging up against each other because it's just human nature to always in whatever situation we are is see contrast and that can be contrast in opinions it can be contrast in physical styles it can be contrast in colors all of that you know that's that's how our brain operates and i've said that so many times and as you begin to observe that whenever you're feeling a sense of frustration or anxiety or pushback or like your opinion is being overwhelmed by somebody else's opinion, if you step back and see that it's just the contrast that's being pointed out to you, then you can start to see a path forward and see that it's not nearly as obstructive as what you thought it was. You get a healthier view of what you're looking at. Yesterday was my galactic birthday in the Mayan calendar. And it's, it's, it's fun. And I'm only bringing that up because I love the synchronicities between understanding myself on a deeper level and seeing what is controlling some of the feelings that I have. And it's always been a natural tendency of mine when I get frustrated or overwhelmed or feel like I'm not being heard is to step away. And when I start to release the emotions the negative emotions that are that are causing this friction i want to look at the situation from a higher perspective i want to see it from above my galactic signature in the mayan timekeeping system is the blue eagle it's something else i love about and i'm just starting to learn about this system. And the personality of the blue eagle is to rise above the situation and gain new perspective. And 
that speaks directly to what I feel like I bring to every job that I'm hired into. So I want to give you some direction on what I've learned through my many, many, many years of being a blue self-existing eagle, which is my galactic signature, which I thought would just be really fun to bring into this conversation. But since we're talking about color and creating flow and lift and expansion and harmony, many years ago before I had a design business or even worked in the design industry, we were invited over to friend's house who they had built a new house and they'd been there for a couple of years and they had were pretty much done with their decorating. And each room had a theme. And they were really, really proud of themselves. And they're really happy with what they had created, which is fantastic. But for me, and I'm sure you've experienced this before, and I, I know a lot of you have because my clients say this to me all the time. Every single room, because it had its own theme, was separate and distinct from every other room. And my nervous system just can't handle that. My nervous system, and I'm sure that I attract clients that feel similarly because that's just the way the world works. And I have talked a lot about carving space out for yourself in your home if you don't have any place that truly feels special for you and that is important but there are easy ways to bring that feeling of harmony into your space without feeling like there's only one place in your home that feels like you creating rooms that are are separate and distinct can trigger feelings of claustrophobia in your nervous system it's that you know that's the signals that it's going to be sending off you know feeling trapped or feeling isolated if what what's in one space doesn't move into the other and the way that you want to create harmony is kind of simple it's by working within the sight lines over and over I've noticed when people were doing their you know decorating themselves especially when they were buying things for their spaces. They had a tendency to group similar items together. And it's not something in the past. They still do it. They still do it all the time. I do a lot more remote work. So I I don't see it on a daily basis because I, I do a lot more consulting work now than before when I was doing you know, going into people's, you know, several people's homes a day when I was doing in-person color consultations. And it's how my color consultation business grew so profoundly in the beginning because I could step into someone's kitchen that we were working on and see how easily to use what they had or simply change a color here or there so that it flowed seamlessly into their more formal space in their dining room, you know, still creating that sense of 
possibly, you know, celebration and formality that they wanted to create in their dining room without it feeling separate and isolated or that joyful congregation closeness that they wanted to create in their family room and how to move from the different activity levels that we wanted to have in those spaces but still feel like everything was connected because you know it is a whole home we are a whole family we are a whole person whoever I was designing for we would we would look at it together in a new way that's hard to do when it's just you when it's you attached to your things or maybe it's you fighting against what somebody else wants and you feel like you have to stake your own claim and it's sometimes it's easier in the beginning to feel like carving out different spaces for different people and different activities is going to just make the process easier but in the long run it it doesn't create that sense of harmony that our nervous systems can long for for some of us or feel supported by for others of us or just a baseline of simplicity that allows us to function on a higher level and whether it's something that really eats at you which a lot of my clients the people that are drawn to work with me they're real they're hypersensitive like I am to the energetics feeling off and oftentimes they feel like the other people in their in their homes aren't as affected by that you know buy, buy things as, as much as they are and it can be really frustrating because you have a vision and it's almost impossible to see your vision come to life because you're so focused on what's not there and that's where I want to lead with is focus so much of how our nervous system and we have to remember that our nervous system controls every aspect of the actions in our body whether they're feelings whether they're the physical movements that we take whether it's our health all of those things at the very very baseline are controlled by this electrical current that runs through our body, constantly telling our body what to do, whether it's creating the chemicals that are released in our body from, you know, hormones to neurotransmitters, all of those, all of those signals are what your body responds to to know what to do. So the very first thing that I teach people about when we're trying to create more flow in their space is this concept of sight lines. Now we're coming at a period where open concept homes were super popular. You know, everything on HGTV was knock down the walls, knock down the walls. And the reason was because we went through a design timeline before where suddenly everybody could go to the paint store and buy paint and every room was going to be a different color. And our nervous systems were like, whoa, <laughs> like this, this doesn't feel good. I feel disconnected. I feel disharm disharmonious. I don't know if disharmonious is actually a word. I feel out of whack because 
I don't, you know, I'm thinking about this, but suddenly I'm feeling this. And we didn't have the capacity to let a thought run the full course, a feeling run the full course, because in our spaces, we were constantly being, you know, thrown into all, all different chemical responses to the environment that we were in. So now after 10 years of knocking down walls and people can't figure out how to pull it all back together, it's just another example of how extreme we react, how much contrast that there can be when we're in an emotional situation in our environment. And our homes are our primary environment, our primary support system for our lives. And if we're not treating them as such, we're doing ourselves a huge disservice physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So starting with our nervous system, we have the ability to take control. Now I was going to explain to you about wavelength and I skipped ahead. So I want to go back and I want to explain to you why color and that's the topic of you know where we are how you can tell that each individual color has its own energetic effect on the body and the different parts of the body now I've been into the I've, I've been in I'm not going to go into individual colors today But a lot of people just blow it off as it's just color. But when you break down sunlight, you know, the different wavelengths that come out of the sun, uh, the, those, the light spectrum, we break it down into visible light and, you know, ultraviolet light. And then there are the wavelengths of things like microwaves. Now we know what UV light, ultraviolet light, so the light that we can't see, the light that goes beyond the spectrum, we know that it has a physical effect on cellular membranes. And that's why we use sunscreen to protect ourselves from overexposure to UV light. We also know that it, you know, kills bacteria and kills viruses. And we accept that scientifically. We have all the data necessary to show exactly how that happens. Most of the research that it's that's been done on colors individually and the vibrational effects they have on different parts of their body have been done on inmates, hospital patients, or in school environments. They've been done in more institutionalized in environments. And as a scientist, I know that that doesn't provide the full analysis because in any of those three situations that I just named, there's a level of anxiety that comes just by saying those words. And, you know, they found that, you know, people eat more in a dining room that's a certain color, but they didn't study it in 
you know, in, in people's dining rooms. They studied it in those different situations that I talked about. So there's, you know, there's a lot of different factors going on there that might not necessarily be in play in your own home and in your own space. It's important. A lot of the color psychology work that has been done, it's important to acknowledge, but it's why I chose to go deeper and, you know, study the works like Rudolf Steiner and uh, Johann von Gogh to, and how the Eastern civilizations use color and how our ancestors used color to get to the heart of how we can live happier and healthier in our own homes. And every time in every project that I'm doing, flow and balance come into play no matter what colors we're working with. So that's why I wanted to dedicate this episode specifically to help you create that sense of flow in your whole home, in your whole space. Now, flow is important in a design plan. And if you're, sometimes it's easier to start with just, to start with one room and then carry your actions on to the next room and then the next room and the next room. That doesn't mean that you're just picking a color and then you're putting it in every single space. I've had clients misinterpret my directions by thinking that. Often because I was brought in to work on a room that they had started designing and it felt very disconnected from the rest of their spaces. And they may have loved it, but not had the budget to redecorate everything. So they wanted to figure out a way to make it look like it wasn't out of place. And I'm going to share with you the psychological reasons that that happens. We've all experienced it. You know, we went out... And we bought a new sofa because ours was ratty and just it was time or a new rug or we repainted the room. And then suddenly doing that one thing, everything else felt off. That's called the Diderot effect. And I'm going to touch on that uh, towards the end here. But how do you create flow from space to space to space? Most people make the mistake when they are designing a space or refreshing a space is to group everything that is alike together in that space. And when they get started, if they don't start with a complete plan, like they haven't put together everything, you know, mapped everything out, known what direction that they're going, you know, going to go in, which most people do not, you know, you, you, you start with your jumping off point, like we've talked about before, and you kind of see where it goes, you let that guide you. But what can happen is you get to the end and, you know, something doesn't feel like it's complete. So, you know, you go to Home Goods and you're like, oh, there's pillows. Those are the same color as my rug. Maybe I'll bring in more pillows in that color. Maybe I'll, or look, these accessories, they really are in the same color palette. They're in the same theme of what the rest of my room is. And people make the mistake of bringing more of the same thing into the space when the space fills off instead of recognizing that their elements of what they love in that space needs to carry into the next room. 
And the easiest way to do that is with color. So what I've helped people do and help them see is first we see the contrast between the existing space that hasn't been upgraded and the space that they have upgraded and find the disharmony, find what's so different in those two areas. And if it's something that you just, that if you can't change, that's, that's fine. That happens all the time. Instead of focusing on what you can change, you find the things that you love the most in that space and you pick the elements of that, whether it's a color that can complement the space that you're in. And we've talked about the color wheel and how you identify a complement on the color wheel. It's what's directly across from it. So creating the most contrast. So like orange and turquoise. The easiest way to play around with this concept of creating flow from room to room to room or within the sight lines. And I want to explain the difference between moving through isolated rooms versus starting with what you can see from where you sit or stand in a space that those are your sight lines, what's, you know, just within your direct view, and then also your peripheral view. You start by moving something, it doesn't have to be permanent, it does, it just, this is just how you start to see where you can create more flow in your space. Moving something from where where something looks good into the areas into your sight line areas where you're not quite as happy with how it is or it feels you know feels like it hasn't been updated lately and then you can start to see what things are going to create the most harmony when you're in that place. And the easiest way to do that is to move your eye around the space with, by creating contrast. So don't be afraid to experiment. This is going to give you the most information, especially if you're something that's like been in the same place for a really long time, just moving it other than to dust it, it's going to give you a new, like a renewed sense of energy. It is gives the space a renewed sense of energy. So even if it's not permanent, even if it's only just for you to see, hey, you know, could I put a picture with a black frame, you know, on this really sort of bland colored wall, what difference is it going to make in the space versus the, you know, kind of simple you know, washed out feeling wood frame that I have on it here now. You know, I really love this picture that I have over here. What does it change if I put it over here? Or, you know, sometimes it's just you can put brightly colored pillows that you might have on the sofa. Just go sit them on the staircase for a few minutes to start to experiment with what colors you'd like to bring into the artwork that you might be putting in the staircase. Or if you're searching for window treatments, you know, maybe you want to add a splash of color in the kitchen and you can't figure out where. Bringing a color from the family room into the kitchen just so you can start to see if that's the direction that's going to pull it all together can be a, a great exercise that gives you 
very specific direction of what to do or what not to do. Sometimes if you have things that are too similar in both spaces and they feel kind of like, like they're running together and they don't have any definition, maybe you're pulling the color from the wrong room. Maybe you're pulling from something that's too similar and not creating that element of definition that you can create through contrast from a room that might not necessarily be the same. I had an experience with a client who had redecorated their sort of living room, sitting room. They'd done a beautiful job and they loved the way that it looked, but they found that they never went in there. They wouldn't let their kids in there. And it just felt like this waste of time and money. And they'd spent a lot of money, so they didn't really want to spend a lot of money. You know, they, 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 they reprimanded themselves on the way that they did it. And we transformed the whole first floor of their home just by picking out very small elements from the pattern in the pillow, recreating it in, uh, not recreating it, but just bringing it into the foyer in a simple little sculpture that we found that had the same shape as the pattern in the pillow. And then we brought in the color that was on the sofa on just one wall in the dining room. And all of a sudden, everything started to flow together. And we'd spent very, very, very little money, but it felt like everything had been updated and refreshed. And again, their kitchen and their, their family room were, because they were joined together, they'd done them in very similar colors. And it always felt messy and like they just couldn't get it all together. And one of the ways that we broke it up was by bringing some of those elements that they loved in the dining room that felt really high end and special into the kitchen and the living, the kitchen and the family room in tiny, tiny, tiny little doses. And all of a sudden, the whole place felt updated without us having to do a lot. And suddenly it felt like it, you know, it, it felt like clean and orderly. And all of a sudden they were using that living room that felt very off limits and very isolated. Suddenly they felt like their whole home had been recreated to match their higher aspirations, to match what they wanted to do and where they wanted to go. And that's what I really want to impress upon you with the ability that you have to start to create this is by drawing yourself in and it starts with using this concept of sight lines. And it's something that's so easy to do once you get in the habit of it. It's just stand in, a, stand in one place and see what other rooms you see that are in that space. And can you tie them together and how do you do that? And the, you start by experimenting. Now, when you have isolated rooms, a lot of times those are the places where we, you know, powder rooms and uh, it may be an isolated dining room. The places where you want to, you know, you have the opportunity to really have fun. It is an opportunity, but it all can also be a challenge because you've created something and suddenly everything else feels a little bit dull. But you know, you know from experience that if you were to do what you did in the smaller space, 
in a larger space is going to be overwhelming. Is there a piece of art that has the, you know, strong color that you may have painted in the powder room that you can put on the wall outside the powder room that ties the two spaces together that invites you in to the the more elaborate experience that you've created or the more exciting or the more fun experience that you've created. I found a number of ways to do that from times that we've added, you know, clients wanted to use a powder room as an opportunity to bring in a really fun wallpaper. And, you know, wallpaper is so super cleanable, especially if you have little kids in there, if you, you know, if you buy the right one. And then it just felt like, well, we have this really cute, fun room, but the rest of our house feels sort of bland and bleh. And it was as simple as finding something that repeated the pattern in the wallpaper and putting it right outside the door because you could see it from the kitchen and you could, you know, and just catching that glimpse with the door open, everything felt harmonious and together and most people have a tendency to do the opposite they put the thing that's similar to what they've created within that space instead of bringing it outside the space so that it incorporates the isolated space into everything else and starts to help everything else feel more pulled together the psychological effect that I mentioned earlier called the Diderot effect. It's a psychological effect that plays into our own sense of, or maybe a deeply embedded sense of unworthiness or not enoughness that we have a tendency to put on ourselves. It's created neurologically by that contrast that our brains have a tendency to want to do. And it's one of those phenomena that if we understand it before it starts to happen, instead of it making us frustrated and stopping us in our tracks, which I've noticed it does for a lot of, of homeowners, a lot of people who are, you know, trying to create their spaces in ways that support them, support their kids, support their family. If you understand it, then you can work with it instead of it having you make you feel, having it make you feel bad. So many times I've had, you know, people come to me that they bought something new, they loved it, but then everything else feels old and dated and they feel like they have to do, they get overwhelmed because they, they might go out and buy something else that needed to be replaced that they hadn't noticed until they bought the, the new thing. But then it's a snowball effect because with each new thing they purchase, they find five more things that feel like that they're wrong, that they feel like it doesn't work and they have to do something about. If they are budget conscious, they know that this can't keep happening. If they just keep going, eventually things will start to get out of control emotionally because there'll be a lot of decisions that need to be made because they they're getting the feeling that they want to have to they you know they don't want to keep buying things they don't want to keep feeling like they have to change things in order to get to where they wanted to be and they're starting to recognize that before they purchase this one thing that you know started this whole process 
they were happy with most of the things around them. There was only one thing that they felt like really need to be replaced. There's a great blog article on James Clear's website. If you want to read all about why it's called the Diderot effect and you know how it got its name and how and I, I love James Clear. I love I his you've heard me talk about him before his book Atomic Habits like provided so much clarity for me on places where I fall short in the way I want to accomplish things or uh, set goals. But I can't say that I 100% agree with how he talks about handling this psychological effect. And maybe it's just a personal grievance (laughs) that I have with, I believe, every single part of our home can be beautiful and support us if we're systematic and realistic with how we do it. And it requires some restraint and planning and and have and focusing on what's good instead of focusing on what's bad. And again, our brains are just programmed to find what's wrong. And when we get wrapped up in that, we can't see the goodness that we've created. We can't see the joy that can move from space to space to space throughout our home. And we get convinced that only these new and updated and changed things can provide the joy. I believe that the Diderot effect isn't necessarily this terrible thing that happens to us when we buy something new. I believe that we are naturally expansive as human beings and we see opportunity in everything. And when we look at it as a negative, as we're attaching our own unworthiness to the negative instead of taking a realistic view, a practical view of what's actually happening. And so we've cycled right back around to our nervous systems. So mindless buying can, I don't say mindless, because sometimes we have, sometimes we get very convinced that if we just do this one next thing in our space, it's going to make it feel better. And people get, can get really wrapped up in finding exactly what that one thing is and get really frustrated when it's not when it's it's not what they want or it's not coming to them or it feels very out of their budget and when something feels when when you find something that seems like it's out of your budget you very often are going to buy five other things to try and compensate for the one thing that you feel like you can't afford and so the way that we use the Diderot effect in our favor, the way that we work with this is we sit down and we write down what it is that we want to accomplish with what we're doing, with what we're buying, with the decisions that we're making. And just Doing that, just taking that one small step of reining in all of these feelings that are flying out all over the place and acknowledging what it is you really want, it's going to provide the clarity that you need to create the harmony that you're looking for. It's that clarity of rising above. So the way that I taught this concept when I was teaching my design camps 
for girls. And the reason that I love my dear friend Barbara Mayfield's book so much is because she put into words the concept of what we're doing. And when you hire an architect or a designer to redo a whole big area of your space, this is what you get. But you can start to do it on your own. And that is draw out a map, a floor plan. Identify the areas in your home. Start with the places where you spend the most time. If that's at the kitchen sink washing dishes, if that's on the sofa watching TV, if that's on the floor playing Legos with the kids, wherever it is that you spend the most, you know, spend a large portion of your time and you get into those thoughts of what could I do differently? How can I change this? Or if any of that, you know, starts to come up in any of those spaces, do like you do on the, the map at the mall that you are here and then see where you can draw from the things that you love in your home or if it's something that you're about to purchase or about to change and, and on your little map, it can be super rough. It doesn't have to be to scale, it can, it's just an indication. My friend Barbara said, pretend like you're floating on the ceiling and you're looking down at your space from that floating on the ceiling place. And you can draw arrows out in all the different directions and see where you need to incorporate those in, within those sight lines, within those little arrows that you drew. The things that move from one side to the other, from one place to the other. Again, it's important that it's not all the same thing. Because that can feel very confined, confining, constrictive. But moving something from one to the next to the next so that you have this sense of moving across the landscape will bring you so much peace that you'll be shocked that something so simple could have such a profound impact on the way that you experience your home and a level of gratitude that you have for your space and for your life that's going to create more goodness. That sense of gratitude is what draws in the goodness the happiness that you crave. So please reach out to me, my friends, if this didn't make sense. I realize I'm I'm describing something verbally, and I'm using my hands a lot, which I know you can't see, that I've had clients experience by doing it, and it only took the that liberation of experimentation and seeing that they had sort of cloistered things that they love into maybe off-limit spaces or places where they felt like they could put more color and you know clumped it together and their house felt that way and as a result they felt that way and instead of moving things through in a beautiful, harmonious flow that gave the energy of activity and lightness and joy 
into spaces where there might not have been that freedom. You know, they've restricted themselves because they thought they had to stay within a certain color scheme or color palette. They created isolation that they didn't even realize it was there. And giving them giving themselves permission to play around and find different energies in different spaces was the only thing they needed to start to be able to find freedom in their changes instead of feeling overwhelmed and poverty stricken by them instead of it emphasizing lack it emphasizes abundance so next week i'm going to share with you how you can help your children's rooms feel like they have more harmony and they mesh more with their you know with the rest of your home so you don't feel like you have to you know shut the door you don't feel like you have to look at it how you can use color as an organizational tool within those spaces we're going to touch on that and then we're going to wrap up this whole series with this incredible guest that i am bringing to you in two weeks who talks shares with us all of her feng shui tips and home energetic tips so you can take all of this that we've talked about all january long about using color as a healing modality and dive into your planning for, and, and she shares with us all of these amazing ways that you can just up-level the, the vibration and the energetics of your home. I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation, but I want you to be able to bring it all together in a way that supports all of you, all of the people in your home, and creates this loving space that you love coming home to. So thank you so much for being here, my friend. Reach out to me if you have any questions about how you can pull this together. I have some exciting announcements to make in the weeks ahead. As soon as all of the details have been finalized and formalized, I'm gonna invite you into something really incredible that I can't wait to share with you. So take care and have a beautiful week. Thank you, my beautiful friend, for being here today. I just want to remind you that you are a beautiful light in this world. And don't be afraid to shine. Because the world is a better place because you're in it. And if there's a woman in your life, a girl in your life that you know that needs to hear that, I encourage you to reach out to her today and remind her just how extraordinary she is. And if there's someone who you feel like could benefit from the conversation that we had today on the podcast, I would love, it would mean the world to me for you to share this conversation with someone in your life today. If you haven't had the opportunity to subscribe to the podcast, please head over to Apple and subscribe. There are directions on the InHerEyesPodcast.com webpage that give you complete instructions if you've never done that before on Apple and also on Spotify, all you have to do is hit the follow button and you'll be part of the community. And speaking of community, here with season four, we have created the In Her Eyes podcast forum as a community page. So head over there, introduce yourself, say hi, let me know what this podcast has brought into your life and the wisdom, your wisdom, the wisdom that has come to you through listening. 
because I know together we are powerful, beautiful women. Until next time, so much love.